This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Champions League is back, baby! The 2021-2022 tournament on CBS Sports Paramount Plus is back. And this is your full comprehensive Champions League preview with Jimmy Conrad, Jonathan Johnson joining later on, but this is a packed one, baby. I hope you're ready. Kegolasso Champions League preview begins right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the champions. Oh, yeah, I got my I got my vocal cords, Jimmy Conrad, ready to go. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great, LME. This is what it's all about. This is my favorite club competition in the world. The Copa Libertadores. It's a close second, but the Champions League is where it's at. This is where legends are made. This is where things potentially where legends are not made, I guess. I was trying to find <laughs> yeah. something a little bit more eloquent. But as I wrote behind me, and we go again. I love the Champions League. Every time it comes around, it's a different type of excitement. And let's go. Let's do this. Absolutely. Well said, my friend. And as we mentioned, Jonathan Johnson will join in later. By the way, if you like the show, please don't forget to subscribe, follow, click, link, follow us on Twitter, Kegolasso Pod. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your pods. And of course, YouTube.com forward slash Kegolasso, where you can see our beautiful faces almost every day. Champions League, 32 teams, so many narratives. So we're going to crack it down and we're going to break it down for you in many fun different storylines here obviously the matchups are key but jimmy's also going to give us a lot of betting tips because that's the key make that money baby make that money so let's begin jimmy conrad with one thing here barcelona Bayern munich uh the biggest <laughs> match to, to talk about <laughs> it, already be, it already begins oh with a my. joke listen i mean it, barcelona <laughs> or a joke the last time they played Bayern munich it was eight to two if everybody remembers in that shortened version of the i know League. but it's a Good game. Listen, Barcelona's last Champions League game before Messi uh, appeared for the club in Europe was a one-all draw with Celtic in November 2004. And here's Barcelona once again without Lionel Messi. Uh, Lewandowski, by the way, who scored 28 goals in 24 Champions League appearances. Talk to me, Jimmy. I know it was 8-2 last time around, but this can be sexy, you <laughs> oh, no. know? No, come, come on. on, listen, listen, listen. When they lost 8-2, to two, they had Messi on the field. Luis Suarez was on the field. Antoine Griezmann came on at halftime. That didn't help, okay? And they had Philippe Coutinho playing for Bayern, and he ended up scoring two goals. I mean, what is even happening right now? Now you're going to replace Messi with, uh, oh, yeah, let's, let's go with Luke de Jong. Yeah, that, that's a good shot. Uh, Braithwaite's going to be hurt. So, so Coutinho might actually get his first start of the season. Now, Memphis Depay is red hot. I don't want to take anything away from Memphis Depay. Maybe the MVP of the last international break. Five goals for the Dutch and uh, tremendous in every single facet. And he has really not slowed down. I thought maybe there'd be some, you know, head going down, don't get to play with Messi, whatever. But he's really picked up his game and, and really carried Barcelona and his country. So 
I do think that they could potentially score a goal because, as we know, Bayern Munich have a tendency of kind of falling asleep and eh, whatever. If somebody scores one, we'll score four. It doesn't really matter, just like they did against RB Leipzig this past weekend. It, I, I just feels very one-sided to me, Luis. I feel like had Robert Lewandowski been healthy in the last Champions League when they played against PSG over two legs, he missed both of those, I think they would have beat PSG. They created so many opportunities, and if they had Lewandowski at the end of those, they probably would have faced Man City in the semifinals, and then we're talking about maybe Bayern playing Chelsea in the final instead of Man City. So, so there's a real thin line between success and failure for Bayern Munich, and I think it all comes down to Robert Lewandowski. The guy's healthy. Now, from a betting perspective, I want to say this, LME. I have placed this bet seven times, this exact bet. Lewandowski to score, Bayern to win, both teams to score. It's plus 290 in this game, okay? This bet has hit for me six out of seven times that I've played it. That's crazy return because Bayern has a tendency to give up a goal, but they always find a way to win, and Lewandowski is usually a player that does it. I, that's, that is by far my most successful bet. Every time I, I place it, I, I'm, I come back feeling pretty good about things. Now, if you want to kind of level up that experience, you can get into somewhat of exact scores. So if you want Lewandowski to score and Bayern to win, either 2-0, 2-1, or 3-1, because you're maybe, maybe you're thinking Barcelona won't score, though I think they might. That's plus 450. Or if you got Lewandowski to score 1-0, they have to win 1-0, 2-0, or 2-1, that's plus 500. And that has better value. So there's some action there on Caesars Sportsbook. I think you uh, obviously should take a look at it and obviously look at the starting lineups as well. But when I look at Barcelona's potential starting lineup in this one, their front three doesn't really scare me outside of Memphis Depay. Ansu Fati's still hurt as well. He doesn't look like he's going to go. Now, their they're midfield's solid with De Jong, Pedri, and Busquets. But that back four, Sergio Roberto, Jordi Alba's questionable. I just think this Bayern team is going to be next level. The one thing I'll say about Bayern, they had Serge Gnabry go out at halftime against RB Leipzig. So Jamal Musiala came in, and he scored a goal a minute later after he came on, and then he had assists later. That kid is amazing. He was and, great. And I just think that, I mean, Bayern have so much depth, and Barcelona, I don't feel like, can say the same thing. But I don't think it's going to be an 8-2 to two game, but I do think that uh, Bayern will win this one. So I'm excited about it. It should be a good one. Yeah, well said there, Jimmy Conrad. Is there something to be said about Julian Nagelsmann and the fact that this is his first uh, Champions League game with his new team, Bayern Munich? Maybe he has to still get accustomed to that in the major tournament. Obviously, we know how good he is, and he understands, obviously, the Champions League, but being with Bayern Munich, a different team, now uh, facing Barcelona. Does that have anything, do you think? I think with regard to Nagelsmann, I think what he needs to do in some capacity is get out of his own way. These guys are absolute machines in this competition. And as I mentioned, if Lewandowski hadn't been hurt, they could have gone back-to-back. -back. And that means they wouldn't have lost any games in the Champions League for two years running or something. So these guys, in some capacity, can manage themselves. It's just a matter of putting them in good spots to make plays. Where I think they can be vulnerable is in the back line. It looks like uh, Lucas Hernandez is going to play center back next to uh, Upa Makano, who hasn't actually been that sharp with Makano since coming over to Bayern. Uh, Benjamin Pavard still, I don't think, has really locked down that right side and made it his in, the, in a way that maybe Philip Lom or, or Joshua Kimmich has done. And then Alfonso Davies, I love him, but he, he does like to go forward a lot. So you can hit them on the counter and, and, and really try to take advantage of his positioning, which... And more often than not, he can get away with it because most teams can't punish them because they can't they can't counter quick enough against this against this Bayern team, especially when you have Goretzka and Kimmich in the middle of the field who are very good at shutting down plays. So this Bayern team is so solid all the way through. And obviously, if Manuel Neuer is standing on his head, you always have a chance. So really, with, with regard to Nagelsmann, it's kind of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, there's there's 
there's not much to change here. Just put people in good spots and obviously do the scouting report on what they think they're going to see from Barcelona and then just get the hell out of the way. <laughs> yeah, em emphasize the simplicity, I think. What about his wardrobe? Do you think that will be a distraction? Sometimes. I hope he keeps it like down the middle. I don't know why he always dresses like he's going out to a club sometime on the sideline, you know? Uh, he did... There's, there's different ways to make it all about you. And I don't know if dressing up on the sideline is the way to do it. All right, let's keep moving here. And we're going to do a Premier League focus here, everybody. Jimmy Conrad and yours truly. So we'll focus first with Manchester United against Young Boys. That's your early kickoff on Tuesday, 12.45 Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. Cristiano Ronaldo is set to equal Iker Casillas' all-time appearance record. That's 177. And by the way, Ronaldo has also been the top goal scorer in seven Champions League campaigns. Pretty remarkable. Jimmy Conrad, an easy one for Manchester United. What do you think? I don't is anything easy with Manchester United these days? Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. Under Ole Gunnar, I don't know. It's it's hard to say, but everything's looking roses currently with Cristiano Ronaldo having a great debut on the weekend. What I'll say here is a reminder for everybody about the group stages last year in the Champions League. They beat PSG in Paris in the first game, 2-1. They came home and decimated RB Leipzig 5-0 at Old Trafford. And then they went down to Turkey, down to Istanbul to play Istanbul Bashakshi here. And everybody's like, ah, oh, it's going to be a cakewalk. These guys are absolute trash. And they lost 2-1 because of some naive tactics, I thought, in some ways, where he put a lot of the same types of players on the field, especially in the middle, and they got overrun. The Demba Dem Ba counter, Jimmy. Oh, told I, it. <laughs> you did it. The Demba Ba getting a breakaway from midfield just absolutely sets triggers me to it. Some another like, how is that even possible when Demba Ba is? I'm probably faster than Demba Ba at this point. <laughs> so, so I, I still can't get over that and just how bad that was. And that you could just see Matic, who clearly was like look, like running in sand trying to catch him. So, so my fear is that sometimes they play to the level of their competition, or sometimes they maybe don't take it as serious. I actually think that because they were cruising so much and they played Bashak Shahir on match day three, they thought they already had it in the bag. Playing the, maybe, let's say, quote-unquote, easiest team in their group, first, I think, is probably more trouble for young boys than it is for United, especially when you've now added Cristiano Ronaldo to the group, who is, in my humble opinion, the greatest to ever do it in this competition. And he's going to want to do something special. The guy just lo loves, he loves the big moment, as we've talked about, and he always rises to the occasion. What I find interesting, I don't think we're going to see too many changes in the lineup for Manchester United, except maybe in that holding midfield spot. And Fred is available. I kind of want to see how Fred does by himself off the shoulder of Paul Pogba, kind of manning that, that area out of the double pivot by himself in front of that back four. They had Matic against Newcastle, and that was okay because Newcastle couldn't really punish them, though. However, they did on that one counter. Matic was nowhere to be seen. He was a ghost trying to catch Miguel Miron on that one play that led to the goal. So I want to see Fred there because I don't think Fred gets turned as easy. I think he can stop those counterattacks a little bit easier. Young boys do have some talent, which includes Jordan Pifuk, who plays for the U.S. men's national team. So that'll be good to see there. They also have an American manager and, and David Wagner, which I want to see how he does because for everybody that doesn't know, David Wagner is best friends with Jurgen Klopp. And Jurgen Klopp just happens to manage one of against uh, one of rivals of Manchester United, obviously, Liverpool. So I feel like he's got some secrets there that he might have to try to contain these guys. That said... I, I think that this is probably going to be one-way traffic. The real big issue here is whether, Luis and everybody listening, do you think that young boys can score? And, and that, I think, will kind of impact how you, want to, how you want to bet this. Now, in United's last seven Champions League games, there have been over two and a half goals. And the same for young boys in their last three Champions League games. So I'm feeling over two and a half goals is probably the way to go. So if you have United winning over two and a half goals, it's minus 110. Not as fun, right? It's pretty much even money at the bet, 110 to win 100. That said, I feel like 
just so everybody knows in terms of current form, we already know what happened with Man United going getting four. But young boys are coming off uh, beating the league leaders, FC Zurich, in, Swiss, in Switzerland 4-0 as well. So they're going to have a little bit of firepower there. I will also mention that United gave up 10 goals in their six Champions League uh, appearances last in the group stages last year. And they only had one clean sheet, and that was 5-0. That 5-0 win over, over RB Leipzig. So United to win, both teams to score is plus 180. Uh, United to win with a clean sheet is plus 135. I think one of those two things is going to happen. But I'll leave it to you, our dear listeners, to decide what you think. The young boys have it in them to make it. I think that they do. And we've already sensed some vulnerabilities with United, as I, especially when they commit a, like another midfielder to go forward. Paul Pogba's got seven assists in his first, first four games or something. It's like a, a Premier League record. So he's obviously looking forward. Can young boys counter? I don't know. That's the big question. Well, if Newcastle United can score a cracking counter-attacking goal against Manchester United, I'm sure young boys can do it. By the way, Man U have lost their first match in just one of their last 21 Champions League campaigns. All right, let's keep this moving. It's our Premier League focus. Manchester United young boys was first. Let's go with Chelsea. You're wearing Chelsea. Let's stop. Chelsea against Zenit. St. Petersburg Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. Talk to me, Jimmy. This is so one-sided to Chelsea. It's not even funny. I was like digging through Caesar's Sportsbook. I'm like, where am I even going to find some positive value for everybody? For, for Chelsea to win to nil, just to give you an example, is minus 160. For them to win in over two and a half goals, minus 145. Now, the bet last year with Chelsea under Thomas Tuchel was Chelsea to win in under two and a half goals. I gave you the 1-0 and the 2-0, and it hit a lot. Uh, and that, that pays two to one this particular game. But... With the addition of Romelu Lukaku, you're like, God, that bet's out the window because that guy actually going to finish chances. Bring me Timo Werner back because I want to hit this bet more often. Chelsea to win it under two and a half goals. Uh, so so Lukaku kind of throws it off for me. I'll say my favorite bet in, in a positive value is Romelu Lukaku to score first plus 200. Uh, he's, he's done it a few times so far this season, and he's an absolute beast. And I just think he wants to continue to play well and, and show why he's back and, and why he can be a tremendous player for the Blues. Yeah, I don't think much more to say in this one. Chelsea are unbeaten in their last 11 group stage games in the UEFA Champions League. Seven wins, four draws. All right, finally, uh, part of our Premier League focus, Liverpool against AC Milan. Before we discuss this game, our friend Lucho Garcia sat down with us to discuss that magical evening in Istanbul and, of course, discuss much more. Check it out. Just seeing AC Milan in this group, just give you those memories back from Istanbul. Yeah, of course, of course, it's straight away. And uh, and I thought I thought about the final. When is going to be the final again? And I saw the AC Milan getting into the into the group stage, and I thought, oh, oh my God, uh, do you remember that one? Do you remember this and that? I was talking with uh, a friend, and of course, it's, it's a special game for for all the Liverpool supporters, AC Milan supporters, of course, and for the players who were involved in 2005 and 2007. And of course, I'm gonna be one of those lucky ones who I can travel. I'll be, I'll watch it live. So I'm going to be there at Anfield on Wednesday and join that game. And, well, I can wait. And that was Lucho Garcia, which, by the way, you can watch him, myself, Jimmy Conrad, and Champions League as well, coverage, HQ, Paramount+, Plus, etc. Jimmy, Liverpool, AC Milan, a tasty, tasty fixture. Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. Talk to me. Yeah, I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, two of the most successful clubs in Champions League history, the last two times they played against each other was that 2005 final, which Liverpool came back and had that miracle comeback in Istanbul. And then in 2007, where Milan got the revenge, winning 2-1, Pipo Inzaghi got a brace in that one. What I'm really excited about, though, is that Zlatan Ibrahimovic is healthy. He just scored on the weekends, and he could be going up against Virgil van Dijk. Inject that straight into my veins. Actually, let's say this. 
We said this, I don't know how many times with Van Dyke because he had a match against Chelsea. Then he had to go on international duty and play against Erling Holland, And now he's got Zlatan Ibrahimovic. I can't get enough of Virgil van Dijk getting all these top forwards to go up against. And he's doing pretty well, things considered, even though some of these players are still scoring a few goals. Zlatan to score anytime is plus 180 if you're feeling that. If Drew is going to be returning, he should be healthy and, and able to play this. His return back to England. Him to score anytime. You think he's going to score something cheeky, plus 250. Now, what I liked in terms of crazy value, Zlatan to score a header is plus 800. Drew to do the same is plus 900. So that's something to look at. I was looking at Sadio Mane. He's had a bucket load of chances this season. Hasn't hit the back of the net on all of them. But he always finds himself in good spots. Him to score anytime is plus 138. Now, given, given what I've seen from Milan so far and Liverpool, both of their schedules have been, I will say, relatively easy because they, you know, they, they Liverpool played Chelsea and that was 1-1 and and, and Milan just came off a, a Lazio, big, big win over Lazio 2-0. When, when Milan went to Old Trafford last season to take on Man United in the Europa League, I thought they were excellent. And they were unlucky to come away with a 1-1 draw. I wonder if they take something from that. Franck Kessier in particular was sick in that game. And I know he just missed the penalty on the weekend, but that guy can play. And, and I just feel like this is going to be a bit of a tougher challenge than maybe Liverpool's faced outside of the Chelsea game. And, and, and I just, I, I like the draw on this one, everybody. I don't, plus 340 is just really, really good value. Liverpool are the favorites. And if you wanted to throw Liverpool in a parlay or whatever it may be, but there's just something about these two teams and their history together and how close this one's going to be. That said, if you're a Reds fan, Liverpool to win and both teams to score is plus 200, which I could see happening at 2-1 potentially, or Liverpool to win with a clean sheet plus 165. I feel like given the firepower that Milan have at their disposal with Brahim Diaz and Rafael Leal, who scored on the weekend, and Zlatan and Giroud and everybody else they have coming through, uh, bombing from, from distance. Sandra Tonali can take good free kicks. You know, I just feel like I, I like the draw, ultimately. I think the draw is the best value, but if you're a Liverpool fan all the way through, then I understand you should look at some of the other ones. But Liverpool to win, both teams score plus 200. Liverpool to win with the clean sheet plus 165. I would look at those two. I love it. And by the way, the la the only two times they've met have been in finals. So you That's know crazy. there's crazy. always so much pressure. By the way, uh, I want to make sure that I direct you as well to our YouTube video where Jimmy and I do some predictions and we do a lot of fun stuff there at Champions League. Slatan, by the way, when he was talking about Messi and Ronaldo, he said, if we're talking about intrinsic quality, then they have nothing more than me. If we're <laughs> the trophies, then yes, I didn't win the Champions League. That's what Slatten said. Uh, thank, thank you. Well, so Slatten's feeling it. Uh, I, I feel that maybe he has a point to prove here, Jimmy Conrad, especially against, uh, as you mentioned, uh, a Premier League side that's feeling confident. Fishtail ponytail Slatten as well. Yeah, there's something about him. He, he does have that that confidence, that swagger that's hard to just manufacture from nothing. I mean, but he does somehow. Even if things aren't going well, he still stands up strong. You know, he's shoulders back. I'm Zlatan. I'm going to show you what I'm about. And it, what's what's incredible about him is that he's carried this chip on his shoulder for so long. At some point, when you accomplish as much as he's accomplished, you think, all right, I've got nothing left to prove. But this guy still is just, he, yeah. it, it's so deep inside of him that he, I, I mean, I marvel at it. And and in some ways, I admire it. But but I wonder if it's going to eat at him, you know, especially when he retires. Like, well, how is he going to fill that void? Different conversation about Zlatan. But I still feel like because he has that chip, it gives him that drive to continue to want to prove people wrong. 
And that's a great thing for Milan. He just needs to stay healthy, in my humble opinion. If Zlatan can stay healthy, they can make a deep run and, and be competing for multiple titles. But this will be a good, good challenge for them. They're probably feeling a little bummed out they have to play Liverpool first at Anfield. But maybe not. Maybe they get that game out of the way and then they can manage the next five after that. But, but Zlatan, you can't sleep on them ever. All right, and uh, wrapping things up here, Premier League focus, Champions League. Jimmy Conrad, Manchester City against RB Leipzig. Jesse Marsh, RB Leipzig, Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern on Paramount+. Plus. Betting tips, and also, are you worried about Jesse Marsh and RB Leipzig against Man City? I am a little bit worried for him, and I think... It's unfortunate, the scheduling. Obviously, you got Bayern on the weekend at home. You lose 4-1. And then your reward for that game is, hey, by the way, you get to travel to Manchester <laughs> to take on City uh, in the Champions League a few days later. And the big challenge, I think, for him as a manager, especially with a new group, is what is he saying in those days in between? What is he doing to maintain uh, good, good uh, confidence and, and good focus and, and not getting detract, you know, distracted from any of the stuff or you don't want to lose the group here because if you're saying things that aren't working and all of a sudden you go into that city game and get your ass thumped again then you're going to start to lose some of the group they might not say it they might be just thinking it and, and when that starts to happen that's not good so these are two teams heading in different directions i do want to say that after after city lost to to tottenham to start the league they gave up zero shots against norwich they gave up zero shots against arsenal when they uh and they lost to Leicester too in the Community Shield. And then when they just played against Leicester this past weekend, they gave up one shot. So, so they're locking it down on the defensive side of the ball. The two losses they had to start the season in the Community Shield and against Tottenham, they had Nathan Ake and Benjamin Mendy both starting. Since then, it's been Laporte and Cancelo, and I don't think that's going to change. Maybe in this game, Zinchenko and Stones comes in just to kind of mix it up and give those guys a rest or whatever it may be. But... Ake is not the guy for Man City moving forward. And, and obviously, many for, for obvious reasons should ne probably never play for Man City again. Uh, so, well, I mean, he's got to go through his thing. So I don't want to do any prejudgment there, but it does not looking good for that guy. And, and that for me is the telltale sign. And I think Leipzig could potentially score here, but I, I think Man City are going to win. E even without a number nine, they're so dangerous. So City to win both teams to score plus 188. City to win with a clean sheet plus 113. You pick your poison. Yeah, pick your poison. Is there, uh, what do you think about, just a very quickly here, because I'm looking at Group A, which is uh, this group in particular, and my goodness, uh, Club Bruges ain't no joke as well. I mean, they're a very talented yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. PSG, of course. RB Leipzig, realistic for them to come third here? What do you think? I think match day two is going to be really interesting. Obviously, how they perform in this one, but we expect PSG to beat Club Bruges. The next match day is PSG hosting Man City. And I find that one to be a place where potentially RB Leipzig could take advantage because RB Leipzig is hosting Club Bruges. Yeah. And if they can just create some type of breathing room to give them a chance. Now, we had Jesse Marsh with RB Salzburg last year in until the last match day against Atletico Madrid. Had they beat Atleti at home, they would have gone through to the knockout rounds. That's how close they were in a group with Bayern and Atletico. So, so. He's been in this position before. We could argue he's got better players and more talent at his disposal. And Dominic Zabaslai was, was, was pivotal, not necessarily that season, but the season before for RB Salzburg. He's got some players that, can, that, can, that are match winners and can make a difference. This is, it's, a third is probably the most likely spot because PSG, as we know, are a super team. But yeah, I don't know. It's tough. I feel, I feel, I feel a little bad for, for Jesse Marsh, and I do think he's on the hot seat. And if this doesn't go well and there starts to be 
some confidence and he might be getting undermined somewhere else. You know, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I hope they stick with him, but this is a rocky road to start. Yeah. Can I tell you something? They're going to get something out of this Man City game. I'm telling uh-huh. you this right now. Wow. I'm telling you this right now. I save this clip. They're going to get something out of this man. Jesse Marsh needs something. His team knows it. It's right here, right now. By the way, this is the first meeting between Man City and RB Live. It should be intriguing from a blank slate perspective. We're going to take a break. Jimmy, you wanted to add something? Plus 460 for the draw. If that's what you think. I'm telling you, if you want to gamble, gamble, right? You know, <laughs> don't, put your, gambling, right? don't put your house on it, but you know, <laughs> put some put a little something on it. You never know. You never know. We're gonna take a quick break. Jimmy Conrad killed it there with the betting tips and analysis. He's sticking around because we've got plenty more gains, but guess what? Jonathan Johnson will join in the show to discuss PSG as well and the other games in the Champions League. Kego Lasso will be right back. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody, to Kego Lasso, our Champions League preview. Jimmy Conrad, of course, and it's a great pleasure to once again, I feel like uh, it's been a while, Jonathan Johnson in the house. JJ, how are you, my friend? Hey there, guys. Doing very, very well. Thanks. And yourselves? Good to be back with you, as always. Looking beautiful. Every time you say on yourselves, I want to just say I'm so happy you're here, JJ. That's why you have to wait till I say I'm so happy you're here. Jonathan Johnson. It's <laughs> beautiful right. to see your face. That, that, that's what a couple of weeks out the loop does to you. <laughs> Blame it on the international break. Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, JJ, good to have you. Hey, everybody. We're going to just, we're not going to go through every single game. So we want to just highlight uh, the two remaining really good fixtures to watch out for. And of course, because JJ is here, Bruges against Paris Saint-Germain. PSG Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern on Paramount Plus CBS Sports. Before we get into Jimmy's betting tips, Jonathan Johnson, talk to me about PSG as of late. A good win this past weekend. They didn't need all their superstars. And now the quest begins for Mauricio Pochettino and the Champions League. How do you see them? What's going on? Yeah, so obviously the big question coming into this one is whether or not we're going to see Lionel Messi, Kylian Mbappe and Neymar on the pitch at the same time. It's sounding pretty good right now. So let's, uh, you know, let's be grateful for that. That's going to be, you know, something definitely worth uh, keeping an eye on in this game. Uh, Bruges away as well. is It was a funny one uh, last time I was there a couple of years ago. Let's not forget this isn't the first time they've come up against each other in the group stage. It was famous for being that match where Kylian Mbappe came off the bench, still scored a hat-trick, uh, you know, and PSG sort of made their way uh, out of the, the group stages and then eventually uh, took on Dortmund. And then we know what happened with the rest of the season with COVID impacting and then PSG managed to make it to the final uh, once they got to Portugal. So, you know, this one is, is it's a favorable opening fixture, I think, for PSG. You know, you've got... Uh, you know, they're, they're coming off the back of the Clermont match where they won fairly easily, managed to keep pretty much all of the key guys, uh, you know, out of the squad and out of the out of harm's way, having come back from, uh, you know, uh, international qualifiers all over the world, namely South America, where they were playing sort of in the fr- early hours of Friday morning in French time with the game against Clermont happening in the on the Saturday afternoon. So it's, you know, coming into this one, I think that it's a... Uh, it, it for for PSG, 
they they need to get a, a a fast start to this because then they've got City at home, which obviously is a crunch match if they want to finish top. Uh, and RB Leipzig then at home as well. They really need to capitalize on those two. And you know, you're looking at that as PSG. You know, I think they'll be hoping for at least seven points out of the nine. Uh, you know, so obviously no slip ups uh, against Bruges, and they know what this atmosphere at the stadium is like. You know, they can, it can be very uh, intimate. Uh, you know, they, the atmosphere can get on top of you quite quickly, as you mentioned earlier. You know, Bruges, they're, they're a talented side. They've got some very, uh, you know, good, good players on the roster, as always. Uh, you know, Wesley obviously has a has a special place in our hearts as, uh, as Villa fans. But I think PSG will be looking at this with all due respect to Club Bruges and thinking, you know, three points on the board, Eddie Dawes, um, go into the City game. And that's when business really gets underway. Yeah, well, I expect nothing less here, Jimmy Conrad. So talk to me about those betting tips. What do you expect? Yeah, it's a good question. And again, I'll throw it to JJ first. And then obviously the listeners have to take it into consideration when they see the starting lineups. The over three and a half goals is plus 115. And given how well they did last time, they played a couple of years ago in Bruges and won 5-0. I think it's a pretty good bet. It's just a matter of whether we think PSG are going to give up a goal. They have shown some tendencies, kind of Bayern Munich-esque. We're like, our offense is so good. Who cares if we give up one? It's not that big of a deal. So that that's an interesting take on this PSG team. We still haven't seen that full throttle yet with all their top players. So it's really hard to know if Bruges is even going to get a sniff in this one. What I found interesting about their game against Clermont Foot this past week was that they were almost even in possession. And also that Ander Herrera and Adrisa Gay were the ones scoring the goals. Like, what are their holding <laughs> midfielders doing scoring goals? Which makes me even more nervous for Club Bruges when their, their top guys aren't even the ones hitting the back of the net. This could be a bloodbath, I think, in a lot of different ways, to JJ's point. I think goal difference could come into play here based on who's going to get first in the group. And obviously, you want to have a better seed getting first in this group. So you have somebody theoretically a little bit easier in the round of 16. So I'm looking at the over three and a half plus 115. If you think that they're going to get a clean sheet, then for, for PSG to win and get a clean sheet, it is minus 105. So basically even money. So bet 105 to win 100. And then if you think that that uh, Bruges can score, it's and PSG to win is plus 175. So PSG to win, both teams to score, plus 175 uh, is kind of what I'm looking at. If you think the Messi's going to play, I'll just go, I'll go there really quick. There's no, there's not really that much fun. Messi score anytime is minus 154. Mbappe is minus 137 to score anytime. Neymar minus 110. But the value is if Messi will score first, that's plus 250. Killing Mbappe to score first, plus 275. Neymar to score first, plus 333. So pick your horse and have some fun. What about what about all three of them together? Yeah, <laughs> they, they gave that to me before in a bet, and all three of them to score against I forgot who it was was plus four hundred. It, it, they're not giving me those uh, those odds, but I would wait until if you're really going to go on Caesar Sportsbook or wherever you're looking, just wait for those kind of odds boosts because they do pop up at, at times those exotic bets. So I would look for it once the lineup drops. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, that one as well. And uh, Jimmy, I think uh, you were interested in uh, sorry, an interview that JJ just did recently. Yeah, God, you talked to uh, Gene Vinaldum, and uh, I, I'm curious as to, you know, I heard he's one of our biggest fans of the K Golasso pod. So what else did he say? <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, he's a great guy. Uh, you know, was lucky enough to, to have a chat with him before PSG's Champions League campaign gets underway. So everyone's got all of that to look forward to coming up, hopefully a little bit before the Bruges match. Uh, and then some more uh, before Manchester City. But great, great guy. Speaks very highly of you. And, uh, you know, he's uh, he's definitely excited about this this new chapter that's starting for him with PSG. 
I love it. I love it. Uh, well, we love Ginny Wijnaldum. Let's see what he does uh, in the Champions League with his new team. All right. The final game to really highlight here is a big one. Inter Milan against Real Madrid. That's Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, Paramount Plus, CBS Sports. Carlo Ancelotti is third in the list of all-time Champions League managerial appearances, 166 behind uh, Sir Alex Ferguson and uh, the two times, two-year, every two-year World Cup, Arsene Wenger. We won't get into that one. Uh, but this is a big one. It's a very big one. Real Madrid making their 25th successive appearance most ever most ever in the Champions League. Jimmy, let's go straight away with those betting tips. Yeah, with regard to this game, it's it's kind of a coin flip. Obviously, these two teams played in the group stages last time around, and they're kind of coming in, in somewhat similar in the first half where they, this past weekend, where they were down or they were giving up leads or whatever, facing some adversity. Then And Sampdoria got the 2-2 draw with Inter, and then Real Madrid went on and smashed Celta Vigo 5-2, scoring four goals in the second half. Cream Benzema is an absolute beast, by the way. So with regard to this one, I kind of like the draw. I, I, I think that Simone Inzaghi in his first foray into the Champions League with Inter, uh, even though they're at home, I feel like this is going to be a real test for them in a way that they haven't been tested. That said... I do want to throw out there that uh, there's no Tony Cruz, no Gareth Bale, no Marcelo, not that that matters so much, no David Alaba, most likely. So there are a couple pieces that they're missing. Now, Valverde will probably step in. Vinicius Jr. is taking big steps. So just some things to take into consideration. And, and the draw right now is plus 250. It's a bit of a coin flip, plus 145 for Inter to win straight up and plus 180 for Madrid to, to win straight up. The over is minus 130. The under is plus 100. I honestly could see a 1-1 here and everybody being like, all right, let's just move on to match day two, you know? So these two teams are, are I think, the two favorites to get out of this group. And uh, with all due respect to, to the other competitors uh, happening here, it's just a matter where I think you can get some goals. Kareem Benzema to score any times, plus 110. Him to score first is plus 350. But I really like the draw on this one. I don't know how you guys are feeling, but if you have any particular angles, I can look it up for you real quick. Yeah, the thing that I feel uh, with this is it's just so difficult to, to judge Inter at this moment in time because yeah. I expected them to struggle at the beginning of the season. And then I looked at their first couple of performances in Serie A and I thought, well, you know what? It's not so bad. You know, they've actually moved quite well in the transfer market and they're mm -hmm. looking decent on the pitch. And then obviously they've had their first setback this weekend in Serie A, just coming into this one. Real Madrid as well, you know, another team in transition. You know, the, the fans are going to be boosted, uh, you know, by the fact that Tebas is now almost kind of like alluding to a promise that uh, Mbappe and Harlem will play for Real Madrid uh, as of next season. So there'll be a feeling of sort of, you know, we'll try and make the best of this season before the, the big guns come in and join us. You know, we'll see how that one actually pans out. But uh, I, I think you're, you're right. You know, there's enough sort of absences on the, the Real side, you know, to say that they're depleted and, you know, coming into a up, up against a much changed Inter from the one that they faced last season. Uh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to see the draw either, to be perfectly honest. But for me, I'm, I'm really keen now to see, you know, sort of what this inter side is made of considering the changes that were made over the summer. Yeah. Inter Milan's last victory against the Spanish side, by the way, in the Champions League was back in 2010 when they beat Barcelona 3-1 at the San Zero. They've lost the last four of the five against Real Madrid. So should be intriguing here. And again, of course, as Jimmy uh, mentioned as well, you know, another repeat because of this is what happened last season. All right, so finally, just very quickly, what's your final score, Jimmy Conrad, on this one? What are you, you sticking with the draw? I feel uh, a high-scoring draw, though. 2-0? Yeah, I might go 2-0 on this one, and I say that because 
Uh, Los Blancos, Real Madrid beat Inter home and away last season in the group stages. So they have a little bit of that eh, familiarity with, hey, we're familiar with beating these guys in their home field at San Siro. And also this particular season, I feel like Madrid have been superb in the final third. They've scored 13 goals in their four matches in La Liga. So I just feel like there's going to be some goals in this one. And as we saw this past weekend, you can get at Inter's defense. Bastoni's not uh, available either. Their young center back. So that's going to be uh, DeMarco comes in for him. And, and he scored a fantastic free kick uh, against Sampdoria. But but I don't know if if he's the same type of defender as Bastoni. So I think there's some spaces that uh, Real Madrid can exploit. Ed Hazard should get the start. So we'll see if he can kind of step up his game in this Champions League campaign. So there's a lot of questions to, to JJ's point from both teams. And now we just want to see some answers. And, and I think uh, it's going to be a good game. So I'll, I'll maybe I'll move it from a 1-1 to a 2-2. To a 2-2, make it more exciting. Jonathan Johnson, uh, we want to just quickly, a quick note on Lille. What is going on with Lille, the defending champions of Liga? Yeah, I'm, uh, I have to admit, I'm, I'm pretty fearful for, for Lille coming into the Champions League. I mean, let's let's be honest, it's not the worst possible draw that they could have gotten in the group. I mean, Sevilla, uh, you know, no disrespect to them. Obviously, we know that they're a proven force on the continental stage, but also at the same time, not quite among, uh, you know, the, the big guns either. Wolfsburg as well started the Bundesliga season extremely well. Uh, and I'm I'm pretty fearful for this little side. They're not uh, starting the season very well in Ligue I was very skeptical about Gorvanek as the, the coach. I feel like I'm being proved right so far. Mm-hmm. But... It's always difficult when you take over, uh, you know, a team that's won uh, a league title unexpectedly, uh, you know, made the changes that they have. I I just don't think that it bodes too well, especially when you've got the president, Leton, basically admitting that that players like Renato Sanchez would have moved on this summer had he not picked up an injury, uh, you know, just a, a little while before the transfer window closed. So, not feeling particularly uh, bright about Lille's prospects at this moment in time. Hope to be proved wrong, of course, uh, you know, but it would be um, another massive blow for French football and the coefficient if they were to suffer in this group. Burak Yilmaz, by the way, 10 Champions League goals. That man, uh, just, we all love him over here, of course. All right, before, we're, we're close to finishing up, everybody, but I wanted to just uh, focus Jimmy and, of course, Jonathan uh, chiming in on the Americans to watch in the Champions League. Brendan Aronson, uh, Salzburg face Sevilla. Weston McKenney, we'll see if he gets to start against Malmo as well. Uh, Jordan Payford, Young Boys against Manchester United. Owen Otozoe, Bruges against PSG. Pulisic, will he be fit enough? Chelsea against Zenit. Uh, Sack Stefan, Tyler Adams in the Man City, Leipzig. Brooks and Wea, Leo against Wolfsburg, as of course JJ was talking about. Serginho Dest and Chris Richards, Barca against Bayern. And Gio Reyna, as Dortmund face Besiktas. Any highlights there from both of you? Let's begin with you, Jimmy, from those Americans featuring this week. Yeah, I think that it seems maybe Gio Reyna, maybe not, actually. Maybe Weston McKinney is probably our best chance to get some valuable minutes. I mean, ultimately, it's great to say on paper we have 12 players, 12 Americans playing in the Champions League, but they have to get minutes for it to actually provide value, in my humble opinion, for the U.S. men's national team. I mean, that's the whole romanticism about uh, leaving MLS where I live <laughs> to go over to Europe. Like, that's great. But if you're not actually playing in these games, then it's just it's all theory and not you know being used in practice. So. Yeah, we need these guys to play. And and we saw a lot of them play last season, and they were valuable contributors to their team, but that has to continue. And uh, right now, I think there's a lot of question marks around a lot of these players, mainly due to injury or, or uh, some behavioral issues as it pertains to Weston McKinney. He did look 
all that great against Napoli this past weekend for Juve. So hopefully he'll get another run out and can continue to build off of where he is at the moment and continue to just focus on being good on the field. JJ? Yeah, so for me, I'm I'm definitely keeping my eye on that clash, uh, potential clash between between Brooks and Weyer. Obviously, not being a, the, the the brightest of starts to the season for for Weyer, but you know Brooks and Wolfsburg going uh, going good guns at the moment. Uh, and yeah, I totally agree with Jimmy. You know, I think that it's important for these guys to be you know playing places where they can actually be getting minutes. And obviously, never helps when you've got stuff like the the McKenney uh, speculation going on. Him being sent home by the U.S. Men's National Team. We've seen it happen as well with Juve. So you know, obviously, that wasn't particularly positive reading. But you know, fingers crossed that some of these guys can get minutes. I think as well. You know, also um, in Group A, looking at the potential battle between you know maybe a Zach Stefan and uh, uh, and Adams as well of Leipzig don't particularly expect Stefan to be playing I think it's it could have worked out quite nicely for him the uh, the whole Brazil against the Premier League uh, you know thing for the international break uh, obviously Edison came back in time uh, but you now have uh, you know a very very important match for Leipzig and it could be that Jesse Marsh really needs somebody uh, you know like his compatriot Adams to, to, to step up and really help him get a result which I don't know. I'm not sure I share Luis Miguel's uh, optimism for him going into that game. I'm just trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice uh, to the country that hosts me. Hey, listen, a very quick question. Uh, you answer to me. Who, who make a, out of those players, who's going to make the biggest impact uh, in this campaign, not just this week, I guess, Jimmy? I actually think it's going to be Brendan Aronson. I think he actually has the most to gain because RB Salzburg does have somewhat of a manageable group. And if they just put a couple of good games together, they could get second and move on to the knockout rounds. For me, Brendan Aronson also shown his potential over the qualifying window that we can rely on him, that he can show up either as a starter or as a super sub. And if he continues to do what he's doing and progress the way that he is, if Pulisic and Giorena start to lose minutes, we could start leaning on Brendan Aronson to be our guy. And so I think it's a big opportunity for him to continue to showcase why he's as special as he is and, and why he probably won't be at RB Salzburg for too much longer. So him, John Anthony Brooks on the other side, like didn't play particularly well in the window. It's a good good time to kind of right the ship in some ways and get back to being super consistent and getting back into Ireland up here with the U.S. But I think Brendan Aronson has the most to gain. What do you think, yeah, JJ? Yeah. De de definitely agree. I've been very impressed with him so far. Uh, you know, and fingers crossed he can sort of walk a similar path <clears throat> to Zoboslai, uh, who enjoyed great success in Salzburg and now finds himself in Leipzig. It wouldn't surprise me, you know, if Aronson is sort of the next player, uh, you know, to, to cross that, uh, that, that supply of talent line. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, listen, you can't have a Peruvian host without talking about the fact that for the first time, in seven years, we have two Peruvians in the Champions League, Sergio Peña for Malmo and Gustavo Dulanto for Sheriff as well, Sheriff Tiraspol. That's amazing. I mean, the last time was in 2014 uh, when Andre Carrillo was playing for Sporting Lisbon and uh, uh, um, Claudio Pizarro was playing for Bayern Munich as well. It's a big thing. Two Peruvians back. Sergio Peña won't feature this week. He's injured, but Gustavo Delanto, who's an absolute character, hopefully will feature as well. So, Peruano, stand up. So happy that finally we got some Peruvian flavor in that heze. Hey, listen, final thoughts then. As the Champions League gets ready to kick off the preview, I'm so excited. Let's begin with you, Jonathan Johnson. Give me your final thoughts as we look ahead to the return of the Champions League. Oh man, so much to look forward to. You know, this is one of the best times of the season where you've got the entirety of the new edition of the Champions League lying ahead of us. And, you know, I'm just so excited to be sharing it with you guys. Great matches straight out the gate. Uh, you know, so excited and so psyched 
for another season together. Jimmy! And as for me, what JJ said, let's bring on the Champions League. I'm here for it. As I say, inject it straight into my veins. Let's go. Come on, everybody. Let's do it. I love it. What a great preview. Thank you to both of Jonathan Johnson, John underscore Le Gossip on Twitter, Jimmy Conrad on Twitter as well, and Instagram. By the way, we're going live on Tuesday and Wednesday after the games to recap the action from match day one of the Champions League season. Make sure that you join us. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating and review. It's why we love this and why we want to continue to grow the show. Jonathan Johnson, thank you so much. Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much. Make sure that you follow us everywhere. Have a great, great rest of your week. And the Champions League is back. We will see you next time. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.